0: Wow. So this is another one of those episodes where I'm just going to just share what's on my mind. And today, I was really, really upset by the abortion ruling in Texas. And if you haven't heard, it's, to me, it's missing the point. And... Whether you think abortion is murder or you think women should have the right to choose and it's not murder, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I think there's a bigger piece to this puzzle that is never, ever discussed. And so that's what I want to talk about today. The thing that's making me so angry, and I'm like beyond abortion, that's not anything like I'm not having any kids, I just adopted a baby, and so I feel like I have a say-so. Because adoption and abortion can be linked, but they really aren't. I'll explain. Let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, Stories and Observations Beyond Small Talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins, and it's kind of one of those deep breath, let out a sigh kind of a moment. Just, whew. So today's show, I really wanna talk about a couple things that are just bothering me because The number one thing is this abortion ruling in Texas. And to be completely frank, I mean, I've just been reading about it. I don't even know if I can fully explain all the details. It just happened. But I fully believe I understand it. And I think it's really, really sad because there's a component to abortion that just isn't discussed. I I think that people think about it if you really delve into the topic, but to just blatantly think that we can just make abortion illegal, because that's essentially what was done, and I'll explain all of it just in case you haven't heard, is foolish and short-sighted in my opinion. And I wanna get into all of that. And then secondly, I was, scrolling through Instagram today and I saw that Joe Rogan had released a video I think it was from a day or two or three ago Joe Rogan podcast host I mean huge podcaster really really successful he started I think in comedy and acting and he used to host what was that show Um, Fear Factor which I loved Fear Factor and I think he's a talented interviewer I just don't agree with his politics And he released this video about he himself getting COVID and he's an anti-vaxxer, I believe. And um, I'm just flabbergasted with the things that people believe about COVID and the vaccine and the selfishness, and I'm over it. I'm over the selfishness. If getting COVID only affected you, Do what you want. Get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine, you know, whatever. But it doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone you come in contact with. It affects the people who get it from you. It affects the people who, if you're really, really sick, who you have to go to the hospital and you expect them to deal with you. It's just the epitome of selfishness. And I've sort of alluded to that and many people have over time here, but now I'm sick of it. And so I wanna get into those two topics and specifically a couple things that Joe Rogan said on this video that I was just like, you sir are a moron. And I mean, that's, it's, you know, I don't like to call people names, but my God, the stupidity of some of the people who are anti-vaxxers. And I know and love anti-vaxxers. And this is getting more and more difficult. So. We're going get to get into all of that. This is one of those shows today where we're really going to get into it. Uh, first, if this is your first time listening, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I don't know what brought you here, but I hope you'll stay. Please click that subscribe button or follow, depending on where you listen. It makes a huge difference. So go ahead and do that right now if you would. That way you will never miss an episode. Please, please, please. If you want to write the show, you can write me at BigTimeSmallTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever. I'm happy to hear from you guys. If you want to leave a voice message or you want to support the show financially, you can scroll down to the bottom of the show notes in every single episode. Every episode has show notes, details about each episode, and at the bottom of the show notes, there's a link that says support this show and you can choose how much to support. It's either 99 cents a month, 4.99 or 9.99, which is nothing. So this is entertainment. Yes, podcasts are free, but it's work. So if you would like to contribute, it would mean everything. And those of you who do contribute, thank you so much. I really appreciate each and every one of you. I'm always like, oh my gosh, like people actually wanna pay for this. And I work very hard and I'm committed to this. So I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. The second thing you can do from a link in the show notes is leave a voice message. Again, questions, comments, concerns, things you want me to talk about, things that you felt or thought about my opinions because I'm just a person with opinions. Everyone's got opinions, right? Opinions are like buttholes, everybody's got one, that famous saying. But I like hearing from you guys too. So you just click on the link that says, um, leave a voice message, and then you can just push a button and record the message. You don't have to call or do anything, it's all digital through your phone or your computer. Um, you can do that or you can download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and uh, just look for my show and follow the instructions there for any of those things, supporting financially or leaving a voice message. Um, what else? please follow me on Instagram. I'm always trying to grow that because that's a great way to get the word out about the show. Plus, I try to keep it entertaining. I, Generally speaking, I like to have a lot of photography and travels and, you know, um, things that I experience. Lately, it's been a lot of baby, <laughs> baby, newborn pictures and videos. I've been trying to mostly do that in my stories. So check out my Instagram stories. And I do post updates um, about when new episodes are coming out on the Instagram stories. For some reason, more people watch my stories than sometimes my actual Instagram, not always. So that's a great way to follow with what's going on in my life with the show. And of course, cute baby videos because I can't help myself. If you're not interested in seeing baby videos, I understand. But I mean, I'm madly in love with this little person and I can't help but I can't help myself. So at Jody Rollins on Instagram, Jody's Box on Twitter, J-O-D-I-S-B-O-X, as in Jody's mailbox. It was a pun, don't ask me. It was a long time ago. Um, and then there is a show page on Instagram, but I'm not as active on that one, but it is there and I, am, I do check it and I am active as well. So those are the ways you can get in touch with me or you can just DM me or message me, whatever, on Instagram I respond to everybody, as long as you're reasonable and nice and decent kind. And uh, yeah, so don't forget to click that subscribe button if you haven't already. And share the show if you would please share an episode with a friend, a family member, a foe, a stranger, whoever, just one episode, maybe two if you feel like it. But that makes a huge difference. This show is growing, and that is my goal, to keep growing the show. And I've got new things coming. I've got some plans for some interviews that I really am excited about. Um, Side note, for a while I was doing sex episodes, and I really enjoyed the first few. But then after that, it, it started to feel inauthentic. Like it didn't feel like I was truly being myself and talking about something that mattered to me, not that sex doesn't matter to me, but when I do this show, it's usually kind of a stream of consciousness and what's going on in the world and thoughts and, you know, as my tagline, stories and observations beyond small talk. And with the sex episodes, it was like titillating topics, no pun intended, where I felt like I was reaching. And I always try to be honest with you guys they were fun and interesting. And, you know, I had people respond to them. And I think there are certain issues that I will touch on again in the future. But I no longer will be doing sex episodes, sex episodes, because they just didn't really feel like me. It didn't feel like it fit with what I'm trying to do with this show. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go back and check. I was doing a an episode, usually one a month. And we talked about topics of sex and things that people tend to be embarrassed about or uncomfortable uh, uncomfortable about and trying to sort of open the door and understand our thoughts about sex, sexuality, everything that has to do with sex. And so... That's what I did and they're there for your listening enjoyment now, but those have come to an end. But I am working on some new things that I'm really excited for that are coming up. I mean, here we are in season four. So I'm always trying to grow the show and learn from my mistakes and learn from other podcasts and learn from comments and and questions and things that you guys tell me. And I listen to your voice messages. Sometimes I play them on the air. Most of the time I don't, but I do listen and I appreciate everything you guys say. It's so amazing to get the kind of support that I get from the fans of this show, which is just awesome. And um, so I think that takes care of all of the business. Yes, yes. So thank you guys. If you've been listening for a long time, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're, you know, listening to for, you know, a shorter period of time, thank you as well. And I already thanked those who are brand new. All right, so let's get into it. So first of all, the ruling came down and I don't want to speak out of turn about the specifics that I don't know. You can Google it, the Texas abortion law, but basically the Supreme Court did a stay and I don't, ugh, I feel like I don't want to say the wrong things, but allowing Texas to have this law that says women cannot, obviously women, cannot have abortions after six weeks which is the heartbeat law or something along those lines as soon as you can hear heartbeat it is a human being and you can no longer abort it now here's the thing there's many things with this first of all i don't know too many people who are pro abortion like yeah let's do it uh-huh let's cheer it's not a happy happy joy joy kind of a thing usually people who do that are in a very difficult situation. Um, It's something they have to labor over, no pun intended again. Think about, you know, really consider. And yes, there are women who are just, they use it as birth control. Whoops, pregnant again, time for another abortion. We know that. But the majority of women who go through abortions, they will never forget it. And it affects them in some way throughout their life. The women that I've been friends with, who I have known who've gotten abortions, I mean, I had one friend who um, dealt with infertility and never could have kids, and she, in the back of her mind, always felt like it was because I had an abortion and God is punishing me. And it may have had nothing to do with the abortion, I, I don't know about her medical history, but that's what she always felt, and she always felt guilty and i mean i really abortion is just a very personal topic that in my experience a lot of women just don't even talk about it kind of comes up randomly where something emotional is being talked about and it's just like okay and the thing is is i personally think that in a perfect world no one would have to have an abortion. Everyone would practice safe sex. Safe sex would always work. No one would accidentally get pregnant. And if you got pregnant, hopefully you would want the baby or give it up for adoption, right? I'm a person who just adopted a baby. The process could have been a lot faster. For I mean, for me, I only had to really wait four months, which isn't very long, but other people can wait a year or two or three years to be matched with a birth mom. And so, there are people out there who want these babies, right? But the problem is, and the first thing that like strikes me, is the fact that at six weeks, right, that's when they decided you can no longer have an abortion after six weeks. Most women don't even know they're pregnant by six weeks. People who want to get pregnant usually are like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm two months along, let me just see. Like, you don't even start telling people until you're three months along. Like, a lot of times, you're not even sure. Like, six weeks, you might have missed a period. You're like, am I late? Like, some people, their period, like clockwork, yes, me, I'm one of those people, but not every woman is like that. And it's just, I know that people think it's murder, and I try to put myself in their mindset because I don't see it as murder. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it's wonderful. Like I said, no rah-rah and cheering from Jody. But I don't see it as murder. And I understand that it can be considered flawed thinking. Well, what if, you know, the baby was born at seven months and then somebody killed it? Would that be murder? Well, then why can you abort it? It's the, you know, All the things that people say. Or what if it could be born at four months and then survive outside of, the, I get it. I get it, I get it, I get it. All of us have flawed thinking about many issues. But for me, this is such a hot button issue, specifically for minorities and the poor. Because the way it is now with this ruling in Texas, no abortions after six weeks, on top of that, they have, what do they call it? They've deputized any citizen to basically be able to report anyone who is aiding and abetting someone having an abortion. So you can go to jail, I believe, or they can sue you. So if you're the doctor, or if you're the nurse, or you're the office worker, or you're the Uber driver driving someone to Planned Parenthood, if you are doing anything at all that has to do with helping someone have an abortion, you are now breaking the law. If you're part of an organization like a nonprofit that says, you know what, we believe that it's a woman's right to choose. So we're going to load up these women on a bus and take them to get an abortion at this one clinic that has chosen to still, you are now breaking the law, breaking the law. And here's the thing as well. So knowing that it's now illegal, and I don't know when it goes into effect. I think it was, was it instant? Again, in a perfect world, I would have had all the time in the world to do the research, but I'm pretty sleep-deprived with the newborn, and I have to squeeze in these podcasts whenever I can, but I know it is the law. I just don't know specifically if it's as of today or it goes in effect, you know, three months from now, six months from now, whatever, two weeks, um, but the problem with all of this is, is there's not any consideration for the child after it's born because no one cares when these women who are poor or minorities go and have babies except for, oh, well, they're on welfare or oh, they want public assistance or oh, another crackhead or oh, like all of the negative things that people say about inner city people, poor people, minority people who are in the system and having children well, what do you think they're gonna do now? If you can't abort your child and they didn't build in anything else to the law, I wanna say, okay, Texas, if you really are so pro-life and pro-child, then let's think about that child now that it's born. Before you make this freaking law, that says you cannot abort a baby, let's talk about what these women do now that they are not aborting the baby. What resources are there for these women? What is upheld for them? What is available to them? Because if you're poor, and you cannot afford to have a child or your husband or your boyfriend is kicking the crap out of you and you're like i cannot have this baby because he's going to kick the crap out of this baby too or he's molesting your older son and you're like i need to abort this baby now what does she do she's now got another baby another mouth to feed they already didn't have enough money what does she do i'll well, just stick her in the system the same system that republicans in texas bitch about I would have more empathy and understanding for a law like this, if they said, look, we have looked at the chain of events that happen when women do not have abortions. We are working to really strengthen the adoption system. We're going to start subsidizing parents so that adoption is affordable to anyone who can afford a child. And when I say anyone who can afford a child, you know, you don't have to be rich. Adoption's freaking expensive. State of California does give you a tax credit, but other than that, you're on your own. And as somebody who adopted, I can tell you that if my child had stayed in the environment where she would have been born into if she had not been adopted out, her life would have been a mess. People who adopt their kids out don't have happy, happy, joy, joy, perfect lives. Sure, maybe some of them do, but the majority of them do not. I know this for a fact. I lived it. I read all the files. Every single baby that came up as an opportunity for us to adopt. Homeless women, mental illness, poor, drugs, alcohol, abuse, addiction, everything you can think of that isn't good. These are the women that are getting the abortions. The CEO of a company who's like you know 32, who's just not ready to have a child, she won't be dramatically affected. She can get on a plane and fly to Colorado now and get an abortion and she will get on with her life. All of the little abortion clinics that are gonna pop up around the edges of Texas, they can go there. Anybody who's got money will still get the abortion those take a plane, take a bus, take a taxi, take an Uber, drive themselves outside of the state of Texas and get the abortion. So are we really stopping anybody? Not people with money. It is only poor and minorities. And so now you're going to have more babies in the system and you're still going to continue to bitch about people being on welfare and people who don't have resources and why aren't kids educated and why are these kids homeless and kids that are dying of hunger. Kids still die of hunger in the United States of America and now there's going to be more of them. So they won't be murdered as Texans who believe in this law They won't be murdered in the womb. They will come out into the world and have a very difficult, crappy life. And they may die of hunger, malnutrition, abuse, drugs, get involved with gangs. The people who need these kinds of resources got nothing out of this law. Nothing. And now what? Texans are congratulating themselves, just <claps> patting themselves on the back. Woohoo! we did it. Yay, we saved the lives of these unborn babies. But they don't give a damn about these babies once they're born, especially if they're black. Ooh, gosh, no. Black babies. I saw it. I saw it in the adoption chat rooms that I was in white couples that were like, we're really excited. We are looking to adopt. My husband and I are white and we're hoping to adopt a white Mexican or Asian baby. And I get it. Race is a personal thing. If you don't think you can raise a black child, don't adopt one. I get it. But more people want to adopt every other race other than black babies. So who does this abortion ruling hurt? The the poor and minorities. And that's why it's kind of even sicker to me. Because if you really cared about these unborn children, you would say, what happens after after they're born. Let's legislate for that. Let's legislate resources. Let's, let's legislate for educational programs. You know, whether it's abstinence, if you really wanna believe in something like that for Christianity, I have no problem. Some people do believe in that and practice that. Knock yourself out. Or if it's contraception, oh my God, the Christian right. Oh, no, 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 don't wanna talk about sex and we don't want condoms. What is it they expect people to do? They didn't consider anything about after this child is born. Now this child is going to be in the system. Now this child doesn't have the resources that the child will need because they weren't wanted. And again, in a perfect world, these parents will just go, let's adopt it. But to adopt your child out is very, very difficult. Because once it's there and it's in your arms, you're like, oh my gosh, it's cute. It's cuddly. It looks like so-and-so. I guess I can keep it. But there's nothing in these laws that really even addresses what happens after the children are born. They don't care. That's why it's a bunch of crap in my opinion. Oh, we need to save the lives of these unborn children. It's murder, abortion is murder. But as soon as they're born, you're on your own. You're on your own. If they really cared about these unborn children, they would help the women who are having the unborn children. They would say, okay, we have legislated this backward, archaic law, but it is what it is, what do you need? What do you need to not get pregnant in the first place? How about we help you with that? You know, they wanna defund Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, I knew tons of people, including myself, when I lived in Los Angeles, it was low-cost You know, pap smears, when you go to the gynecologist, to get checkups, to make sure, like healthy wellness checkups you know, if you needed birth control, if you needed just, um, you know, any kind of resource as a female, it was low cost and no cost resources. And people want to defund it. Everything works against poor and minority women. And then at the same time, these same backward people who believe in this kind of legislation, don't think anybody should be receiving any kind of public assistance. You see, because they can't see that you and I, me, them, all of us, we don't have the same experience. If you're born into poverty, and I'm talking abject poverty, you're living in the deep south, or maybe even parts of Texas, or really even anywhere, if you're born into the kind of poverty where education is not something that's seen, it's like, you know what, get out and work, You don't have people telling you about sex education, about loving yourself, about being in a healthy relationship. You're just surviving. And so you make decisions that enable you to have babies that you did not want, that enable you to make decisions that enable you to get pregnant with babies you don't want. I'll tell you, reading all of the files that I read From women who are adopting babies, because we would be given these files and we would look at the situation. And, you know, we just, it's stunning the things that these women go through. Mental health issues. None of that is taken into consideration. A good percentage of the women who I saw who were putting their babies up for adoption had mental health issues, some severe, some not so severe. What about them? So now you're going to entrust them to just raise a child they are going to be sucked into the system. They're not sucked into a sink. They're now sucked into the system and they're trying to dismantle that system at the same time. There's just nothing for you if you are a poor or a minority woman who gets pregnant in Texas. I love the fact that it hasn't happened now, but I guarantee you it will, that organizations are going to go, okay, Great. If that's how it works, then we are going to make sure that we start shuttling people out of the state of Texas because you can't stop us. We can get an abortion on the, the county line, I mean, or the state line of Louisiana or Colorado, wherever. So they're going to set up all kinds of ways to help these women. So who are we really stopping? The only people we will really be stopping are the people who need the resources the most. People who don't know, okay, let me see if there's a nonprofit that really can help me or what Planned Parenthood is doing. Who can help me because I need an abortion and I live in Texas and I'm poor? Who can help me? Those people will find a way And if you're just, you're an average worker or, you know, somebody, I worked in fine dining for years, we made lots of money. In LA, there were people I knew we made, you know, between 60 and $100,000 a year waiting tables. So if I needed to, if I needed to have an abortion and I lived in Texas, book a plane ticket to Colorado and I'll still have my abortion. So if people really want them, they're still gonna get them. But the people who really have nothing, who can't book a ticket, who can't figure themselves out how to get the resources to get to the, the, the state line, those are the people who need the support the most. And now they have nothing. Thank you, Texas very short-sighted of you, you didn't think about that. You're just glad-handing and patting yourself on the back like I said, whoopee, we passed this law, we're saving lives. One of my favorite sayings, what is it for, uh, I can't remember, is it, it's not biology or chemistry, it's, uh, I can't remember, but for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And that's what we're gonna start to see now And again, as somebody who is an adoptive mom, the adoption system is antiquated and needs to be overhauled. I mean, the fact that people say in this country, oh, family first, and if you don't want your baby, just put it up for adoption. But you have to wait for years for most people to get a baby and you have to mortgage your house to afford it is ridiculous. If we really are a family first country, that should be subsidized by the government. I mean, sorry. It shouldn't have to be something you pay for because even if you're not doing this per se, it feels like you're buying a baby. It, just, it should be covered by insurance, whatever. It's not. Who are we if we can't protect women in need? Think about it. When else are you more in need as a woman if, as if, as when you are pregnant and not prepared to care for and raise a child? When are you more in need than when you are pregnant and not prepared to care for and raise a child and you are poor? Texas doesn't care. Figure it out. Figure it out. You wanna go to Planned Parenthood? Nope, 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 we wanna defund that. I just think it's disgusting and i think it looks like one of those perfect little tied up in a bow legislations like we are saving the children mm, ma'am what about after they're born oh i don't i don't care about that it's just as long when they're in the womb that's the only time i care about them and that's the hypocrisy of it all you don't really care especially when they're poor or minority kids i keep saying it but i can't help myself It should be interesting to see what happens in the next you know, six months to a year because there are enough pro-choice organizations, individuals, politicians that are going to rally around Texas and find loopholes and ways to get it done. And it'll be for nothing and we will continue to argue back and forth. It's murder, it's choice, it's murder, it's choice. And again, if you believe it's murder, That is your right and your choice to believe that and I can even understand how you do. But not everybody does. And not everybody has the perfect life where they can just go, you know what, I need to sit down and really figure out how I'm gonna do this. I think I'll put my child up for adoption or you know, maybe I'll try to raise it or my aunt needs it. Like life isn't perfect for people with mental illness and drug abuse and are in bad, unhealthy, abusive relationships, the people who are getting pregnant and don't want the child and choose to abort it. You have to look at the, the demographic and the group of people who have abortions and try to understand their lifestyles and why it's happening and fix it before it happens and support these women as it happens. That I could respect if they were like, look, we're going to pass a law that says, you know what, we're going to go into abortion clinics and we are going to help support these women. We're going to give them resources, financial support, education. We're going to give them jobs. We're going to help them get out of unhealthy relationships. So maybe they could raise the child or we're going to help them so they can actually get up off their feet or get on their feet and raise the child or we're going to help them be medicated if they haven't been dealing with their mental illnesses there's all kinds of reasons why people have abortions and none of them are being addressed when you blanket statement say well as soon as we can find a heartbeat you no longer you no longer can do that who are we who are we as a nation forget that who are texas Texans as a state that they haven't considered the ramifications about what happens when women are told they have to give birth. In a Pollyanna world, that sounds wonderful. I've saved a life. She can give birth and just put it up for adoption. Or maybe she'll change her mind and decide to raise that child herself. That isn't life. Some of these women are homeless. Some of these women are addicted to drugs. Some of these women are just like you and I, but they just can't raise a child or don't want to. And I just think that this law was short-sighted because again, most women don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. I don't know about most, but at least many. I think that we are in a very strange time in our country and it, it makes me think about what I saw with with Joe Rogan today. I wanna see, maybe I can find that video. It's It's relatively short. I'm gonna play that video for you and we'll talk about that coming up after the break. Stay with me. Welcome back to Big Time Small Talk. It was good. It was good to take a little bit of a break (laughs) because I was like, okay, breathe, Jody, Breathe. I was looking at Instagram during the break and just seeing some more stuff about all of this ruling, these rulings. And Jane Fonda has a a coat hanger, coat hanger shaped in the state of Texas. And that's going to be a meme that's going around. Back in the 80s, they used to talk about back alley abortions where women would perform them themselves or doctors that were like not really doctors or shady, lying, snaky people would claim to be. And they would, you know, basically um, pretend or act as if they could give abortions to women and they weren't doing it. They had bad practices, unhealthy practices. And I don't know if women ever used a coat hanger, but that was how it was referred to. Like you basically take a coat hanger and you scrape your insides with it. And it's just a, a, a disgusting sort of visual. But I wanna move forward here to the next topic. And where's this video? Okay, here's the Joe Rogan video and let me see, it might just get started. Here we go.
1: Hello, friends. So I got back from the road Saturday night, feeling very weary. I had a headache, and I just felt just run down. And one second. And just to be cautious, I separated from my family, slept in a different part of the house, and throughout the night I got fevers and sweats, and I knew what was going on. So I got up in the morning, got tested, and turns out I got COVID. So we immediately threw the kitchen sink at it. All kinds of meds, monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, z uh prednisone, everything. Uh, and I also got an NAD drip and a vitamin drip, and I did that three days in a row. And so here we are on Wednesday, and I feel great. I really only had one bad day. Sunday sucked, but Monday was better. Tuesday felt better than Monday. And today I feel good. I actually feel pretty fucking good. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is we have to move Friday, the Friday show in Nashville. Uh, it's going to move to Sunday, October 24th. So that would be the new Nashville date. My apologies to everyone. Obviously, there's nothing that I can control. Um, it is what it is. Crazy times we're living in. Uh, but a wonderful, heartfelt thank you to modern medicine for pulling me out of this so quickly and easily. All
0: right. I need to stop right there. Cause then he goes on to talk up about his, whatever <sighs> deep breath, Jody. First of all, I apologize for the F bomb that he dropped in there. Again, I do try not to curse and, uh, Sometimes there's going to be something that somebody else says, and sometimes I'll even say it, but uh, I do apologize if anybody was not expecting that. Um, Let's just dissect what he said. There's so many things in that. I'm like, are you kidding me? First of all, ivermectin is a uh, for horses. I believe it's some kind of horse um, dewormer, and all of these drugs and things that he was touting, like, wait a minute, you're willing to take all of these things, but not one vaccine, and then you shout out a big thank you for modern medicine, but then you shit talk. I mean, if we're gonna have bad words in this episode, let's just go for it. You shit talk the vaccine, but that's modern medicine at its finest. And even if we someday somehow find out it wasn't ideal, we tried everyone has been healthy, everyone who has taken this vaccine is either not gotten COVID, or if they have, it's been greatly reduced in the outcome of what they had, right? The people who are lining the hospitals right now, the people who are dying of COVID are unvaccinated people. And yes, some who are vaccinated as well, but some 99, 98% are unvaccinated. We know this, And so he has the nerve to say, thank you, modern medicine. When at the same time, out of the same corner of his mouth say, well, you know, it was nothing I could control. Bullshit. You could control it. You could have gotten a vaccine. You could have social distance. You could have done a million things, but you chose to be cavalier and go do your thing and go do your show, hang out in Florida. You know, the state that has one of the highest rates, if not the highest rates in the nation and then come back and go, well, you know, I felt really bad on one day, the next day I felt a little better, the next day I felt better than that. What does that tell his listeners? COVID, not that bad, don't worry about it. It's not true, people, because you and I aren't gonna be able to go to a normal, sane doctor and say, can I get some ivermectin and some prednisone and some this and that, that cocktail is nonsense. I had a friend whose husband, had COVID and he was in the hospital for, I don't know, three weeks, a month, like not on a ventilator, but on oxygen. And he had been taking not ivermectin, but a bunch of other crap that some right wing people had pushed. And he was getting these severe headaches. And the doctors were like, get off of that crap. Your body cannot handle it. And so as soon as he got off of that, he didn't get any better, he didn't get any worse, but he stopped getting the headaches. And the idea that you can thank modern medicine with your selfishness, because if you had taken the vaccine, chances are you wouldn't have gotten sick in the first place. But you've decided, oh, well, if I get sick, I'll just go to the doctor. I don't know if he went to the hospital. I don't know where he went to get all these crazy cocktails of drugs. but. He is taking the time
1: of a doctor...
0: We're supposed to love thy neighbor as thyself, right? If you're a Christian, we're supposed to just be, what is it, Hillary Clinton even says it takes a village. We're supposed to look out for our fellow man. And sometimes you have to do things that are uncomfortable. There was some famous anti-vaxxer, I don't even know who he was, but some guy who, who died, I think, last week. And he had gone in the hospital and he said the same thing. He was like, man, I wish I'd known. I wish I'd known how bad it was. This guy was in his like 40s or 50s, not even that old. And younger and younger people are getting this and getting sick and some dying. I I mean, I don't know. I hope I'm not just beating a dead horse. I just, when I saw that Joe Rogan thing, I was just kind of beside myself. Thank you, modern medicine. Except for if it's a vaccine, whereas I don't believe in that. (sighs) There's so many, There's you know how they say there's two Americas? I think there's more than two. There's like the extreme wealthy people who think that their lives apply to everybody else. And then there's like the middle class, everybody else kind of people. And then there's like the lower middle class and then there's the poor. And not everybody is living the same life. Taking Ivermectin. I'm just, I'm just disgusted because if we don't start considering other people, this thing is just gonna keep going and going and going. My stepson is at college his freshman year. He's at a conservative university where I guess they believe that Jesus will heal them because they don't really have a mask mandate and they don't really have a mask policy. It's just like, do what you want. And then they have required classes in small rooms, big like group classes, not small rooms, but where everyone's gathered together and don't have a mask mandate. And now, Dozens and dozens and dozens of kids are getting sick with COVID. And they've had to send kids home because they're like, well, we don't know what we're supposed to do. So then the university is on their heels. They're like, well, some classes are closed. So some kids are going home and taking school online. Some are staying. Some are getting sick because they're staying. Some can't go home like it's a freaking mess because they didn't have a policy because they don't believe in masks and the vaccine. We need to think about other people I have a friend who's like, I don't want my kids to wear masks because it just will take away from the fun and the joy that they have at school. Well, there's some teachers that just died a couple of days ago. There's no fun and joy in that. Kids are resilient. They put on shoes, whether we like it or not. We vaccinate them with measles, mumps, rubellum, all of that crap. There's, I know there's anti-vaxxers for that as well. We tell them to brush their hair when they don't feel like it, brush their teeth when they don't feel like it. And they still have joyful lives. Put on the damn mask, go to school, and you're going to have just as much joy. And hopefully in a year or two or three, when this all passes, it'll be a distant memory and we'll get on with our lives. But this gets dragged out by the anti-vaxxer, anti maskers because you're only thinking about yourself and your child not about the teacher who's got to put food on the table for their kid who has to work they can't just not work I have another friend who's a teacher who's like I, I'm double masking it and I wear a shield to go to work she's risking her life Because you don't want your kid to have to wear a mask because you can't see their smile. It sucks. I get it. I don't like masks either. If I wear glasses, they fog up my glasses. Gives me chin acne or chacne as I like to call it. They're itchy. Sometimes when I wear them on the plane, the little straps hurt my ears. It's hot. I live in the desert. It's 115 degrees and I'm wearing a mask. They suck. They save lives. And that's all we got. Vaccines, masks, and social distancing. That's all we got. Until we've got something else. That's it. So I do my part. One, selfishly, because I don't want to get sick. I don't like getting sick. I don't want a cold. I don't want a flu. I don't want COVID. But I also don't want to give it to my dad, my dad, my husband. That was a weird Freudian slip. I don't want to give it to my husband. I don't want to give it to my child, my stepkids, my friends, my neighbors, anybody. Because I think of people other than myself. I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. And, and it's they presume it'll get worse as the, the months get colder and people do more indoor activities and spend less time outside. <sighs> I don't know. I just hope that people will start considering thinking about someone other than themselves, other than themselves with regard to the vaccine. And I hope that all the nonprofits and the organizations who support women's right to choose will find ways around the Texas law to not just, hey, get people to abortion, but to support women to make the choice to maybe even give birth to the child, to give them, again, resources and the ability to get out of something that they're in that may be unhealthy, to get them off drugs, to stop them drinking, to get them a good job, to get them mental health treatment, to get them all kinds of things. And maybe just maybe then they won't even have an abortion. That's what I'm hoping for but if they do choose to give birth to the child, I hope that somewhere along the way the adoption system changes. If I can be an advocate for changing the adoption system, I will definitely speak up. If Congress ever called little old me, I would say these are the things that need to change to get people to the babies that they so strongly desire without having to mortgage their house, which by the way, we did not do without having to wait forever and do GoFundMes? Think about that. The average person has a baby and they're like, okay, well, we just gotta make sure we can afford the diapers and the hospital bill. Adoptive parents, they gotta figure out, we gotta pay for the baby first, and then when it's born, we gotta pay for the baby. Whole nother show I should do about that. So that's what's been on my mind today. And I had to share it. So I guess we'll see what happens in Texas. And unfortunately we will see what happens with COVID. Hopefully things will turn around in in a year or so, hopefully less. If I offended you with my opinions, I apologize. They're just my opinions. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.